With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Chargian. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Preseason edition, show number three. Show number three. Show number three. Yeah. There it is. Got it out of the way. Yeah, got, got it. Got it out of the way. Scott Fish, my See, mic's off. Here's oh, the thing done. nobody would have known, but you I, made it happen. I was not uh, I was not going to say anything. My bad. Brian I, three I under the bus. Myself. That Mike is off. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson. Uh, guys, we're we're getting into the we're getting into the heart of things. Most of us are in a bunch of drafts that are happening right now. People are getting all psyched for the drafts. They're either in them or they're coming shortly. We got preseason action. There's so much to talk about over the course of the show. We're going to bring you up to speed on the important things from all 32 teams from around the league that have happened in the last week since our last show. We're going to talk about what to do with this year's stink hole. I hate that name. I, I hate still that. hate there that people name. People hate it. Can we think I, of something else? Well, if you come up with a better name, we'll use it. All right. All right. And that is this year, what is the spot you don't want to be in? Where's the spot where all the sure thing talent runs dry and you could go any direction after that? We'll we'll talk about where that is and what we think you should do with that pick. But, I will say the spot is fitting for the name Stinkhole this year. Uh, the little good, clue that's, out that's, there. That's maybe a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little too on the nose. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, I get it. <laughs> and, 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 it took me a second. And uh, without doubt, <laughs> the most popular single topic that we do every preseason, the reach around. Yes, this mm-hmm. is where we give you a player from every round of the draft that we would reach a round early to select the reach around coming up later. 
in this show. The innuendos are a plenty today. Oh boy. They really are. It's let's all it's all over the place. <laughs> uh, let's start. Let's go through our thirty-two teams. So let's talk about what's happening around the league. Beginning, Scott, with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, not not a whole lot to report here over the last week or so, but really just that Baker Mayfield still has the inside track on that starting job. Looks like it's going to be his. Yeah, as as expected. Yes. I don't think there's any any big surprises there. Uh, Brian, let's go over to the Las Vegas Raiders. In Las Vegas, Demarcus Robinson was cut this week, and uh, he was projected to be the wide receiver three. Uh, as of right now, uh, the front runners are now Mac Hollins, Keelan Cole, Tyron Johnson, and uh, sleeper, Indica sleeper, Dylan Stoner. Uh, these are some names just to keep in mind for deeper leagues or if you're going to uh, complete your Raiders stack in best ball. But Demarcus Robinson was supposed to be a starting wide receiver, and they ah, cut him. Was he? I don't you know. You made all of those wide receiver yeah, names got, up. Right. It well, sounds they're, a little bit. Those guys. are defensive backs yeah. that Charge brings up during the season. Only Patrick I'll, Mahomes could make Demarcus Robinson viable or you know, quasi-viable or even noteworthy. Well, he's certainly right? not viable now. In Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers says it's possible that both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon could catch 50-plus passes I don't this doubt it. season. And with the team's dearth of talent at wide receiver and tight end, it is possible. It is possible. It would move A.J. Dillon into a safe flex role with RB1 upside, mm-hmm. if anything happened mm-hmm. to Jones, for sure. Um, I will note that, uh, as a side note here, uh, Robert Tunyon and Elkin Jenkins returned to non-contact practice as they're trying to rehab from ACLs from last year. So they're they're getting a little bit closer and, and hopefully a week one availability for them. Uh, but this AJ Dillon, uh, this you know, this gives further this gives further life to AJ Dillon as somebody you can draft and actually start. Yes. Let's go to the Fully Washington agree. Commanders, Scott. Yes, a bunch of uh, a bunch of news on where which team that uh, which team you know first string, third string, second string that players are playing with. Gibson practicing with the punt team and special teams and mm. third string offense. Yeah, Sam Howell getting first string reps over Carson Wentz at the end of the week. <sighs> I it feels like Washington they're trying to send a lot of messages, don't you or, think? Or it's a whole lot of riverboat rod and smoke screening. <laughs> but yes, the drumbeat for Brian Robinson getting work with the first team mm-hmm. continues to grow. Yeah, I think at this point it's uh, draft Antonio Gibson at your own peril. Yeah. Buffalo Bills, Brian. The only player uh, worth talking about out of Bills camp remains to be Zach Moss, who is <laughs> shining like a shooting star. Other. Says he feels 100% healthy. Unlike last season when he was dealing with the after effects of ankle surgery he had, he had following the 2020 season, really this backfield has become a mess now in Buffalo. It kind of was before, but with Singletary, mm-hmm. James Cook, who they drafted yeah. in the second round, and, and Zach Moss looks to be a factor or will be a factor this season. So it's kind of a, a backfield I'm fading, but there's really not a ton of news out of there. But Zach Moss, not a dead cat yet. I'm not that. I'm not into James Cook. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, so I'm really either. nervous about him. I'm seeing him going in dynasty you, drafts very early. You don't, don't like a guy that got 7.3 touches per game in college? <laughs> well, that's, uh, well, okay. To that point, I will go to the Texans where another underutilized college back, there you go. Damian Pierce, continues sure. to look great getting first yeah. team reps. He looks good. He looks so good. He's and I, I, I'm sorry to have brought up his name now. 
in, I believe, five straight fantasy football weeklies. But Damian Pierce, just it continues to look great. And then in the preseason game last week, averaging 10 yards per carry, five carries, 49 yards. Yeah, extrapolate that. That's a good season. That that would be a very very good season. Underutilized in uh, in college, but hopefully will not be the Mm -hmm. case in Houston. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scott. Yeah, I, I think it's more continued good news on uh, Chris Godwin that he's he's practicing with the, the full team now, went from seven seven on sevens and now practicing with the 11s. It's looking more and more likely that he might actually be ready for the start of the season. The only concern is they're, they're a potential Super Bowl team. Maybe they don't rush him back, but he's looking like he could be a value in that sixth round or so where he's going now. So let's talk about the team now saying they don't know when Tom Brady's going to come back or they won't commit to a date. Yeah. They don't know this... when he'll be done uh, filming the masked singer. So right. that, that's I mean, the theory. I, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, can Godwin play quarterback? Cause he might need to. I, I am. I mean, I, I, we're seeing bucks slide all bucks sliding in fantasy drafts. Let, let me Are, give you another one from print train cramp there. Uh, Gio Bernard injured his ankle, so that just he was already a cut candidate. That's yeah, not, not going to help. So, are you buying on the dip for these Buccaneers? You know, in probability, Tom Brady's going to come back. Yeah. And in probability, Tom Brady's yep. going to be a good quarterback. Right. So, are you buying on the dip? We're seeing yep. Mike Evans slide. Yep. You know, yep. every all Buccaneers They're are all sliding. dipping, and I'm buying. So, are you buying on the dip? On, yes. On the Scott. receivers, yes. I, I I I'm still buying Evans. I'm buying Godwin slide. Mm-hmm. I'm even I'm even liking Julio Jones really late. <laughs> I, I like I like Russell Gage the most personally because sure. he's become the cheapest. I mean, both of them are really really late. Yeah. All right. I'll do it. Brian, Cleveland Browns. If it was there any? Oh any, no any, no no nothing to talk about. Nothing to nothing talk, talk about, about in Cleveland. Uh, Deshaun Watson suspended 11 games. First eligible to return in Week 13 at Houston. Oh what a coincidence! Uh, we'll talk more about. We will talk more, that yeah. later. What, what we'll talk about now is what do the Browns do at quarterback in the meantime? Are they going to stay with Jacoby Brissett? Yes. Do they sign Jimmy Garoppolo? No. I think it would be a big mistake because what's They're he going to do for it. you? He's like a lateral move. From uh, Brissett, so yeah, it looks and like an it's expensive move. And an expensive move, not worth it. So it uh, looks like it's the Jacoby Brissett show for the majority of the season. For the Indianapolis Colts, alert Dynasty and Empire Leaguers. Rookie tight end Jelani Woods has yes. looked very good, especially as a receiver, less so as a blocker. It's because he is you, good. You kind of knew that was coming. You need to follow this guy. He is six foot seven. seven. 250 pounds, and he ran a 439 40-yard dash at the Combine. He is an athletic freak, and he has now uh, caught a touchdown in his first game. He's improved his training camp's performances, which started pretty rocky. Man, if they can if they can mold Jelani Woods into the player that he could become, I mean, if he was, there were the, the parallel, and I'm not saying he's this guy because this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. He's not Antonio Gates. But that's the kind of upside that you get in Jelani Woods if everything works out perfectly. Did he play basketball? He did. I bet he did. I bet Power he forward. Very good. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's go to Detroit. Scott. Yeah, over on the Detroit Lions, uh, DJ Chark has been impressing. They're expecting good things from him. But I, I like I like the fact DeAndre Swift came out, said he wants to go for 1,000 rushing a thousand. yards and 1,000 yeah. receiving yards, which works every time. I mean, David Johnson, Andre Ellington, C.J. Spiller, yeah. Oh, yeah. everybody who says it, they do right. it. That's It's a lock now. I remember clearly when uh, Adrian Peterson said he wanted to run for 3,000 yards, and he did it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that's, the, hundred, the failure rate on that is actually yes. 100%. Yes. Let's go to the New York Jets. Brian. 
Well, it sure looked like Zach Wilson blew out his knee in last week's preseason game, but uh, he had a minor procedure this week. He he won't be ready for week one, but he should only miss a game or two. So Joe Flacco will be your week one starter against the Baltimore Ravens, which is oh, now the revenge. third oh, boy. revenge game we're looking at in week one with uh, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. against the Seahawks. That's not really a revenge game, though. Yeah. But then Baker Mayfield yeah. hosting the Browns. They said he's looked on fire in camp, and I'm like, throw some Gatorade on him because it's not good to be on fire. Oh, yeah. that, there's no way that's he's not been, positive. That's Garrett, the only way he was on fire. Garrett Wilson, I'm paraphrasing, basically said he threw a better ball than Zach Wilson. So good luck getting some targets when uh, Zach Wilson comes back. Garrett oh, Wilson, you kind of ruined that Wilson oh, to Wilson connection. Uh, we should mention... Uh, Mackay Becton, out for the year. Big, yep. big loss for that offensive We line. did mention that last week, week, but yeah, yeah that, okay. that's yeah, that's a lingering that's... problem for the Jets, for sure. In Kansas City, uh, let's stop talking about Isaiah Pacheco for just a few minutes here. Uh, lots of tumult with the Chiefs wide receivers over the past week. Juju Smith-Schuster injured his knee. He's going to miss a week or two. Nicole Hardman had a groin injury. His timetable's pretty short. Uh, Sky Moore has turned head, heads in practice but played primarily with the second team in the first preseason game, for whatever that may mean. Going to get some work this week. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling started with the first team in the first preseason game, and nobody's drafting MVS at all. Mm -mm. And he might be the best value chief that you can draft as potentially a week, at least an early season starter, um, especially if Sky Moore is not quite ready to go yet. So something to consider for MVS. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks, Scott. Sure. Uh, a couple of injuries and illnesses here. Uh, Drew Locke has COVID, which he's going to miss the next preseason game, which is bad news if he wants to unseat Geno yeah, Smith. He who missed is, the who's, Thursday night game. Yeah, yes. who's, who's, I thought Geno actually looked yeah. pretty, has actually looked pretty me, yes. good. He missed last preseason game. Yeah. Uh, Ken Walker, also a hernia issue that was originally called minor, but now is having surgery. Mm-hmm. Hope is for week one, but honestly, Pete's sunshine, like they always, they're always overly optimistic. And the fact that they thought it was a minor injury initially tells me maybe he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, People are going to laugh at this, but don't. Travis Homer has looked very good. Good last year. Very good good in the two preseason games, including a jaw dropping play. Uh, on Thursday night, yeah, this Travis Homer may muck and up the works here more than people realize. Rashad Penny is coming off a groin injury as well, so like mm-hmm. the optimism around Ken Walker, I'd take I'd take that with like a giant deer lick sized brick of salt instead of a grain of salt. I don't think he's gonna be ready. I'm avoiding all of the, the backfield, see, the whole backfield. I think uh, I think well, Travis Homer is like a 16th round pick, and I can see that. Let's go to the Denver Broncos. In a recent uh, press conference, Melvin Gordon was quoted as saying they want Vontae to be the guy. Speaking of Javante Williams, of course. Uh, but the moral of this story is Javante Williams won't be the guy. He will be the 60% guy. It's still going to be a split backfield in Denver for the most part. So don't read into that quote too much from Melvin Gordon. He's not going anywhere, and he's going to be a Melvin a Gordon does not get to decide these things. No. Um, but... It is, you know, we want we want all the positive reinforcement we can possibly get right. that Javante Williams might be the 70% guy. Let's Because re- everything changes if he can get let, to like 70%. Let's reinform that as confirmation bias. bias. We yes, can it get. is. <laughs> it really is confirmation bias for sure. Uh, next up, Rams. Both Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are resting soft tissue injuries and they're missing time. Their timetables to return are unclear since the team has not divulged any information about the injuries whatsoever, but you'll want to keep an eye on Akers and Henderson. So right now, running with the first team are Kyron Williams and Jake Funk. 
those are your first team starters right now for the Rams. You know, and Williams just don't, came don't, off the puck. Don't forget AJ Rose. AJ <laughs> Rose running with the second and third team. It's I, I there's another backfield I'm not touching. Todd okay. Gurley. Maybe they're going to dust Gurley off Todd Gurley. If I got some Maybe jerseys lying around somewhere. Uh, when we come back, we'll go through the remainder of the 32 teams as we give you training camp news. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. Scott Fish and Brian Johnson are with me as well. You can get my cheat sheet for free at guillotineleagues.com. And you can play in the most exciting new format in fantasy football, the premise of a guillotine league. 18 teams start the season because there's 18 weeks in the season. No head-to-head. Instead, every week the low-scoring team gets chopped and all their players go to the waiver wire where pandemonium ensues as you try to figure out the bidding strategies for all of these amazing free agents, what do you do when guy a whole draft of players end up hitting free agency and you're looking at guys, you know, it might be a scenario, something like mm, Jonathan Taylor. It's not far fetched. It, it could happen. First it overall could pick could yeah, be available to yeah. be added in week two of a game. Right. It could be Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Keenan Allen. Aaron Rodgers. You could list 200 players that I could, could be any of them. Yeah. No, I'm giving. I'm trying to give you a quasi plausible roster. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. 
Basically, guys you've never seen on the waiver wire will Before. be available. Yes, as you build your, your superstar league. team, yes. just don't finish last. Okay, let's get back to uh, our reports from training camps, preseasons from around the league. I believe we left off on Scott, and you were on the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure, just a couple of injuries to to be aware of, but I don't think they're going to affect week one. Miles Sanders dealing with a hamstring issue that they're being cautious with. Devonta Smith missing some practices with a groin issue. Boston Scott dealing with a concussion. Once again, I don't think any of them are going to drift into week one for you, though. All right, Miami Dolphins, Brian. Um, no major news at a Dolphins camp recently, but I've made an observation. So Tyreek Hill is a consensus top 10 wide receiver, right? Yeah, roughly 10. I sure. Think going off the right, board about like, there. Right on that edge. Yeah. Jalen Waddell, top 20 yep. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Right so about that. why is Tua hovering around quarterback 17, 18? That, mm-hmm. that doesn't add up. Teddy right? Bridgewater from two years ago. You guys discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. go from there. Well, I mean, you can but, and you can make that case for Kirk Cousins, right? Yep. Justin Jefferson going off the board at one or two at wide yeah. receiver, yep. and Adam Thielen's going off the board at, like, you know, 18. Yeah. And the only other team that has two wide receivers in that top 20 is the Bengals, but Burrow is going way up, up there. Three. So yeah. just think about that on draft day out there, everyone. There's value to be had at quarterback later in your draft. Yes. In Minnesota, Alexander Madison has lost the automatic handcuff assumption. That is gone. And if you don't realize that that's gone now, then it's at your own your own peril. Uh, he was outplayed in the preseason game by both Kane Wangwu and rookie fifth rounder Ty Chandler. And you really need to watch that kid. You know, Madison mm-hmm. uh, played the first two series and, you know, presumably granted against better competition, but he got dramatically outplayed in the first preseason game by Wang Wu and Chandler, who both jumped off the screen, especially Chandler, who looked incredibly fast and elusive. This Ty Chandler kid looks pretty legit. He was at North Carolina last year, so he followed uh, the footsteps of Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and that, I'm telling you, that kid looks it, it's only one preseason game. Nobody's carving a bust at Canton. But he looks really promising. And he both of those players are a threat to Alexander Madison. You know, the rumors going back to Madison, he was in the final year of his rookie deal. We had already heard uh, a lot of rumors in Minnesota that he would not get re-upped. That, that whole timeline could be accelerating right now. Yeah, he mm-hmm. could be on the, the roster bubble, right? They're not going to keep it's, four running backs. They're not going to, they probably don't keep four. Andy Wong doesn't play Wu, special yeah, teams. Yeah, Wong Wu's which their is a top big trade. Yeah. trade. I think nice. they may try to trade Alexander Madison, which ultimately, you know, maybe, maybe finds himself in a better spot mm. than he is right now, but don't automatically, if you're looking for that handcuff, don't automatically handcuff Madison. In fact, if you're draft cook, I would, I would not take any handcuff right now. By the way, I like that you've used the word peril twice in this show now. We are imperiling our listeners <laughs> okay. with such great information. Dallas Cowboys, Scott. Uh, the Cowboys claim to be completely good with their wide receivers, despite Gallup uh, you know, still hurting. He is practicing some now, but he may still start the season on PUP. Uh, James Washington out two to three months. Doesn't seem like they want to add anyone, any mm-hmm. veterans, anything. They think they're good to go. I think you're probably right. Uh, total targets. Scott, just quick twitch. Total targets for, let's start with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, 131. Okay. Total targets for Dalton Schultz? 112. I think That's a lot. lot. That'd be a lot. a lot. I think you're way light on Lamb. I do, too. I think, I think like he's going to be a buck 60. One. Yeah, that's what I think, too. That's yep. why they play the game, though. We'll see. New England Patriots, Brian. 
Charts, your pants are about to come flying off because we're going to talk about your boy, Janu yes! Smith. Yes! According to Patriots beat writer Evan Lazar, the Pats are going to put Smith in as many situations as they can to feature his skills as a ball carrier. They're feeding him the ball in these practices. So are you back in on Jonu Smith? Well, okay, technically I was never off Jonu Smith, but I had to be quiet because the team was underutilizing his many diverse uh, stuff. You <laughs> Dalton Schultz had 104 targets last year and Cooper's gone. 112 isn't that ridiculous. No, we think you're light. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we think you're light. I was going to say. Yeah, no, no. I have him in the same range as last yeah, year. Yeah, no, I think he goes up. Oh, okay. I think he goes up from last year. Okay, me. yeah, I had him up just a little. So, Janu, I mean, he brings a ridiculous skill set to the field, and they never utilized it last year. And we've heard all these reports, like, from training camp, we're going to use Janu Smith's more. They're paying him a ton of money. I just, At this point, I think everybody just needs to see it before we can believe it. I'm with you. Uh, he... Virtually goes undrafted in every draft I've done, but uh, he might be worth a, a last-round pick. We'll, we'll find out. Steelers, arguably the biggest story of the entire preseason is the emergence of rookie receiver George Pickens making yes. head-turning catches in minicamp, training camp, preseason games. He's um, he's looked great, and he's getting extra run with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool dealing with some minor injuries here. This is very likely. I think he's he's one of the three starting receivers at the start of the season. I, I don't think he's. Nope. I think he's a week one full rotation guy. Once again, Chase Claypool was dead on when he was said he was one of the top three wide receivers. He didn't mean NFL. He meant on his team. He's the third <laughs> wide receiver on that team. He is the third wide receiver on that team. Yes, I believe that's correct. Let's go to the New York Giants, Scott. Uh, the Giants keep talking up a huge Barkley workload, which is interesting and really of note, considering he becomes an unrestricted free agent after the year. Maybe we're looking at a DeMarco Murray-type situation for this final Ooh, year with the Giants. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. You know, people can will remember from, what, about now six, seven years ago, where the uh, where the Dallas Cowboys just ground up DeMarco Murray in the last year of his rookie deal, yep. let him go in free agency after that, and he was never the same back. Yep, could be the same thing here. I've been taking Barkley in the first round now. My, 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 one of my peacock offs was he'll be RB one. Yeah, this, so yeah. I, I'm For glad you're, you're one of the many reasons. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think they give him. Easily 350 opportunities, we're big carries on plus targets. Yeah, we are. We're, we're heavy. We're heavy. Yeah. Barkley on this show. Yep. Uh, all right, let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Brian. All right, last week with Tennessee, it was Traylon Burks bad. This week, it's Traylon Burks good again, I guess. He's been making some nice plays and joint practices with the Bucks. His ADP has fallen recently. Maybe a good opportunity to buy the dip on Traylon Burks. Uh, everyone was out on him last week, but... People slowly getting back in on him. Keep an eye on rookie Kyle Phillips. Yeah, I mean, yes. he's, he's been he's been older, running with the ones. He's been running with the ones, and not, not just good. that. I mean, watching his plays, he is dusting people. Yeah, uh, his route running is good. It's really good. And Kyle Phillips, it, it, if the pathway to playing time is there, right? Um, Traylon Burks has been slow to start the season. Nick Westbrook Akine is not exactly a showstopper, and Robert Woods is trying to get back from an ACL. Yeah. So Kyle Phillips, I, where, he's gonna get run. You're he's more Scott. Run. You're more plugged into dynasty leagues than I am. You know, no. Is, Kyle Phillips was easily a fourth would, round pick, like a mm-hmm. fourth round dart throw in a lot of dynasty leagues. I I just see it moving up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Based on what we've seen so far. All right, back to me. Next team up is the 49ers. For those looking long term. Speaking of, like, fourth-round rookies in a dynasty league, 
Niners rookie wide receiver Danny Gray has looked great in practice. Vikings coaches use the term uncoverable in joint practices this week. He caught a bomb from Trey Lance in last week's preseason game and another one down the right sideline against the Minnesota in the joint practices this week. He's a third rounder from SMU, Danny Gray. And since you probably don't know very much about Danny Gray, here's a little bit. Here's a background background for you. He's, he's very fast. He is a playmaker. He tracks the ball, instinctive runner after the catch and known for his big, big plays in college. He needs polish. He needs ball skills. And starting his career behind Debo and Ayuk, he'll learn from the bench, and maybe he learns that polish and those ball skills. And he might be somebody that um, that starts demanding a certain amount of playing time at some point. And if anything were to happen to a starter, right, might find his way on the yeah, field. Yeah, it's it's got to be that. It it feels like just there's not enough targets to go around there in a Trey Lance led offense with that many weapons already. That's but wide receiver. A, yeah, it is a name to keep in. Danny know. Gray. It's you yeah. know, like I said, fourth round dynasty league yes. kind of level yes. for Danny Gray. The Atlanta Falcons, Scott. Uh, Drake London's knee injury not considered serious. Uh, both Mariota, Mariota and Ritter have looked good, but given what the team might do this year, I would expect Ritter, who does look pro-ready, mm-hmm. to get some shots later in the season. But mostly uh, Tyler Algier, who I play in a fantasy league with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you love dropping those in. I, I think it's funny for the listeners. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Um, he drafted himself as his uh, RB2 in that oh, league. So uh, <laughs> That's some inside info right there. Yeah. You don't get that anywhere else. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I I, I'd keep an eye on that situation. He's got big faith in himself to be a fantasy producer. Cincinnati Bengals, Brian. Uh, Joe Burrow has resumed practicing following his appendectomy. Came back a little sooner than expected, but we all expected him ready for week one. But uh, he is good to go. Bengals fans are happy, as are his fantasy managers. In New Orleans, Jameis Winston's dealing with a foot injury on top of his recovery from last year's ACL, which is not an ideal way to get reacclimated to your offense. Uh, Michael Thomas is on track to start week one. So mm-hmm. that's some good news there. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted this week that Alvin Kamara may not miss any time following yeah. his Super Bowl altercation. I don't think he will. I'm not not this year, too. anyway. And that's another guy. By the dip, he's falling into the late second round, early third round for Alvin Kamara. Okay, I'm I'm in. I mean, if there weren't for this suspension issue, he'd be going what? Top of the second round? Yeah, he yeah yeah probably probably. Yeah. So second, yeah, yeah. second round. Probably. I got him RB four right now. Um, okay, overall, overall. Wow, he's not. I, I'm assuming I'm. Under the assumption he he's not going to miss any games unless he gets injured, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, Arizona Cardinals, yeah. Scott. By the way, on the Algier thing, yeah. I just feel like he's close to the situation and he knows the player really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. Uh, Can he get me a <laughs> Kyle Pitts game worn jockstrap? I, I Are you will, guys that close? I, I will shoot that in the comments of right, a trade yeah. offer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> also, can you? Uh, I'll make it part make it of the trade. That's make right. it part, part of the trade offer. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Okay, Arizona Cardinals, not much here. Uh, Zach Ertz has been out with a calf injury for a couple weeks now, and he's still sitting, but he's expected to be fine. And they want to make Rondell Moore a big part of that offense, which is I still find interesting. He'll be he'll be fine for the first six weeks. I'm sure. I'm, I'm skeptical. I am too. I am too. Once Hopkins gets back, I'd, I don't feel like there's going to be enough for him. Do players wear jock straps anymore? I mean, isn't this no, like from leftover so. from the fifties? I will ask that in the comments. Yeah, of you that should. I mean, I don't think anybody wears a jock strap, right? Well, definitely not cups. I mean, if you even wanted to buy one, where would you go? Oh boy, can you get one at Shields? I mean, where do you go for a jock strap these days? I don't even know. I don't. I've never seen one for sale in my entire life. Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. 
You would think. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, no one expected James Robinson to be ready by week one uh, coming off the Achilles tear, but he's been ramping up his activity in practice, and now coach, uh, head coach Doug Peterson is, expects him to be ready for week one. So pump the brakes a little bit on Travis Etienne and even Snoop Connor because if Robinson comes back, he is going to be involved. Not going to dominate the touches, but just another backfield that could just be a, a mess this season. Uh, um, I, all right. I'm going to take the, the other side of that. Is I'm sure you, you can are. Come, you can be healthy enough to play, but that doesn't mean you're effective. And that mm-hmm. is what gets players coming off the Achilles. You know, Marlon Mack is a recent example. It's, you know, it just, just because you can play, doesn't mean you're very good off right. the Achilles. I don't trust James Robinson. Nothing to do with him. I have 0% ownership across all my leagues. I'm just reporting Not the news over here. All right. Uh, Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins came off the pup list, trending in the right direction to uh, start the season, but he's still only doing individual non-contact drills at this time. Dobbins is not going to play in any preseason games, and John Harbaugh has refused to say if he will or will not be ready for week one, and maybe he still doesn't know at this stage if he will or not be ready for week one. Um, So drafters are going to have to take a certain leap of faith on Dobbins, that he'll be ready for, you know, close or close to ready at the beginning of the year. Tyler Beatty in your late rounds, maybe. Well, that and that could be your handcuff right there. It doesn't appear to be, it looks like Gus Edwards is far enough behind that he's not the handcuff that you want to have yeah. at this time. I mean, his his injury and sur- injury was like a week later and his surgery was later too, so. Let's go to the Chicago Bears, your final team, Scott. The uh, Bears whole line has looked Absolutely so dreadful. Bad. So bad. <laughs> in the first two games against the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Uh, let's hope Fields can get out of the pocket and grab some rushing yards if you're going to start him. Um, interesting fact, the uh, uh, Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith sack totals went, uh, sack total overs for Vegas went mm. up two each. Wow. After No, I'm just kidding. It could have. It feels like it could have. That line has looked atrocious. I'm, Beware. I'm, I'm, Beware of seriously, that. Uh, All offensive players a little bit. Should people draft Bears at their own peril? Oh boy! Oh boy! That's yes. I think the, I think that's the case. Uh, yeah, the, the lines looked horrible, like mine, you know, like historically bad so yes. far. All right, final team for you, and the final team for this segment is the San Diego, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, another slow uh, news camp, if you want to put it that way. But I found this funny. Keenan Allen, when asked about Justin Herbert, said, uh, "You see him; he stays like an hour and a half after practice, just throwing balls. It's crazy." Then Keenan Allen laughs. And when asked why he laughed, Allen said with a smile, Philip never stayed after practice to throw the ball. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, really, the, the the stuff I've seen has looked pretty nondescript to this point. And he's not running with the second team. I'm a little, I've got a, my, I'm just, I'm, I've got a little bit of concern there. Just, yeah. just keep, you know, just. Keep watching that developing situation. Who is who is is it? Larry Roundtree? Is no. he jo- Josh is Kelly is Josh Kelly. Kelly. Justin, Justin, Justin Jackson's Kelly. gone, right? Yep. Yeah, Justin gone. Jackson's gone. Joshua. Yeah. Joshua. Jo- yep. Josh slash Joshua Kelly is your is how it's looking right now. Is the number two? Uh, what? Speaking of number two, what to do with the worst pick in the first round? Don't say the word. I'll tell you what that's going to be in just a moment. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson and Scott Fish with you. Every year, the draft has got this one spot in it where all the sure thing guys that everybody wants are gone, and then you're the next one up. We call that the stink hole. <sighs> Scott hates that. You got, until you come up with a better name, we're going to call it the stink hole. Come on, listeners. You got one, right? All right. Yeah. Give it to us. Um, How about the, the rot slot? That's really not better. <laughs> I don't know that that is any better. In fact, I'm pretty that sure might that's be worse. worse. So oh. the question this year now, traditionally, having we've had this segment on the show for years and years. Traditionally, it's sitting somewhere at like pick five, pick six, yeah. pick eight. This year, the stink hole is pick two mm-hmm. because there is an obvious pick at one in most league formats. We're going to talk. We're going to talk through different formats in a minute. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, and after that. You can make a case for about six or seven different players, and the player you would have picked it to may very well be available at pick six or pick seven or pick eight. So there's a ton of variation that comes in beginning immediately. Start a draft at pick number two. Let's talk about what to do if you've got pick two in a variety of different formats. I want to start in the most common format, which is point per reception. So let's talk that through first. Then we'll talk about non-PPR, and then we'll talk about Superflex. Some people may not even know what Superflex is. We'll explain that, too. But so in a PPR draft, point per reception, Scott Fish, Yep. what are you doing at pick number two? Yeah, I'm still a, a super injury agnostic guy. My lean is to go Christian McCaffrey just because even if he took away like all his touchdowns from 2019, he still scored more points than Jonathan Taylor did last year. Um, when he's fully healthy, uh, he he's a complete stud. However, I'm going to go a slightly different route. 
I'm going Austin Eckler. The guy scored 20 mm. touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. He stayed mostly healthy. He did. Um, and as we've just mentioned, no one is really stepping up to take that role. He wants someone to take that RB2 role from him, and nobody is. And what we have is a team that's going to be in a lot of shootouts in that division, and they're playing on turf in domes a lot this season. I think Austin, I think Austin Eckler is the guy I want at number two. I worry a little bit about last year being the the big breakout in terms right. of touches and usage, and if sure. that continues in year two. But the big problem is year. goal line. He had never gotten goal line carries yeah. in his career, basically, and last year he exploded with them. So yeah, that helps. Uh, Brian, it's pick number two. Jonathan Taylor's gone. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go McCaffrey. I, I have the same concerns as everyone. Uh, will he stay healthy? Uh, nobody knows, but you can say that about any player, really. I know he's had like the soft tissue issues, but. Uh, Going under the assumption he stays healthy, uh, no one compares to Christian McCaffrey. He's a combined uh, rusher and pass catcher. Over his last 21 healthy games, he has finished as a top two running back in nearly half of them. 43%. And a That's top, ridiculous. top six back in nearly 90%. Yeah. Um, since 2018, he has averaged 8.1 targets per game. If you put that over a single season, that's the best mark of any running back since Matt Forte in 2014. So his... Pass catching floor is incredibly safe, gives him massive upside. Uh, a pretty good O line in Carolina. I know there, there's no, risk it's there. not. It's uh, a bad offense. It's line. no, it's bad. Mediocre. But yeah, it's bad. Fine. I'm still going McCaffrey. I do not put risk into my the top of my draft. Yeah. I, I put my risk into the middle and bottom parts of my draft, not the top. I want sure things, mm-hmm. and that's why. With pick number two, Jonathan Taylor off the board, I'm taking Justin Jefferson, the safest pick in this draft. He is the all-time leading receiver through the first two years of his career. He is verifiably awesome. We don't even have to talk about how good he is. And his quarterback never misses a game and has a 31-game touchdown streak, longest in the NFL. The Vikings' Stone Age offense is getting a breath of fresh air with Kevin O'Connell, who may very well do for Justin Jefferson what he did for Cooper Cup last year. And beyond what he did for Cup, and I'm not saying he's going to have a better season than Cooper Cup had last year because it's almost impossible, but you know, Cup plays almost entirely from the slot. Jefferson can play from all over the field. He's going to Kevin O'Connell can scheme him from the entire field. I love Justin Jefferson. And I believe he is the right pick at the second selection overall. Yeah, I changed my answer. <laughs> if I convinced you? <laughs> Not only that, but I thought to myself, I've done about four drafts in the last two weeks, and twice I had four real, real drafts, yeah. and twice I had the number two, and I did take Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. I'm, All right. I'm thinking to myself, I talked myself into Eckler, and I'm like, but that's not what I did. So... We'll go with your actions, not your words. <laughs> right. Which we say all the time with NFL teams. Don't believe what they say. Believe what they do. I, th- I think it's a bit of homerism that came in play. <laughs> all right. But. So now let's do the same exercise, but in a non-PPR league. So no points per reception, which tilts the field towards touchdown scoring running backs. Yeah. Mostly. So, but that, but you say whoever you want. Uh, all right, Scott. In a non-PPR league, what are you doing at pick two overall? And again, it's Jonathan Taylor is going what? first yeah, overall. Jonathan Taylor going first overall. Yep, yeah. Correct. yeah. Yep. So I really, really was, I was thinking, you know, 
we're probably going to see double-digit touchdowns out of McCaffrey. We're probably going to see it again out of Eckler. Najee Harris's his touchdowns were low last year, but he got a mm-hmm. lot of total yards, and he's going to get 300 plus touches. I still shifted back to Derrick Henry. I don't care. They're going to they're going to work him till the wheels fall off him. He even came back from that ankle injury, which is a little fluky, and he came back from it and still, you know, put up a ton of yards, a decent amount of yards. I'm going back to Derrick Henry. I'm going back to the well. Can I tell you the Last hesitation time. I've got on Henry right I, now? I have hesitation on everyone past one. <laughs> I actually have a hesitation on Jonathan too a little bit sometimes. And Tennessee's got the 27th ranked offensive line by Pro Football yeah. Focus for this season. You know, we remember the, the heyday when this offensive line was awesome and it was opening up these massive holes for Derrick Henry to rumble through. And right. when he gets that head of speed, he's so good. But what Derrick Henry can't do is run laterally, nope. and he can't make his own holes. Like some runners can you know, find their own yards. He can't. And I worry this offensive line is just not going to deliver the lanes Derrick Henry needs, and they're going to get pushed around, and people are going to bounce Derrick Henry out laterally. And I just that's not where that. that's not where his speed is. I don't know. That's my yeah. worry on Derrick Henry. He'll still get so many touches. He will get a lot of touches. Just that needs, is that and, is a fact. And, and that's actually what Derrick Henry has been. A ton of touches. A bunch don't do a lot, but then he breaks some. Brian, it's pick number two in a non-PPR league. No points per reception. Who are you taking? Now, I wanted to use this as my answer for the PPR league, but I didn't want to use the same guy twice. That's not That's where good I felt, radio. too. I was so, like, uh, yeah. it, it's Saquon Barkley, who last week I predicted will finish as the uh, RB1 this year, which he did in his rookie year. So I'm basically saying he's going to return to his form in his rookie year in 2018. He's still very young, turned 25 years old in February. Now two years removed from the torn ACL he suffered in 2020, week one of 2020, by the way. So well removed from that. Um, He's not injury prone that people, a lot of people say he is. The ankle injury he suffered last year was very fluky. It really was. Stepped on a teammate's foot while he was running downfield. Uh, he has no setbacks with the knee so far in camp. He looks great in shape. I know everyone does, but uh, Barkley especially does. The Giants invested heavily in their O-line in the draft. They have a new head coach, uh, former offensive coordinator from the Bills, Brian Dable. And as uh, Scott mentioned in the previous segment, or one of the previous segments, Barkley's in his final year of his contract, and there's no guarantee he gets re-signed. And the Giants might give him that DeMarco Murray treatment, run him into the ground, and then move on afterwards. So I see a big year uh, for Saquon Barkley. So I would take him second in a non-PPR league. All right. For me, non-PPR, uh, which, by the way, not the same as TD only. You know, people hear <laughs> that. You say that? non-PPR, and like, oh, no, you want to TD. Uh, I'm going to give an unpopular answer, but again, this shows where I, just my philosophy. We're splitting hairs with so many of these things. We are. It's really. Um, my philosophy tends towards safety in, mm-hmm. in these early rounds. I like Joe Mixon at pick okay. two in a non-PPR league. You know, he doesn't catch the ball like Austin Eckler or Najee Harris or Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley. Um, he doesn't have the injury history that Christian McCaffrey has and Derrick Henry. He's, he's been mostly healthy each of the last two years. And Mixon's got a lot of really nice advantages. Defenses have to defend the pass really in nice a O-line. big way. Really upgraded. And that's the other thing. They added Alex Karras, Alex Kappa, sorry, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins. Pro Football Focus ranks the Cincinnati offensive line as the eighth best for the upcoming season. And get this. In the, I believe it was 15 games that Joe Mixon played last year, he got every single running back carry inside the five-yard line. Mm-hmm. All of them. And there was only one running back carry the entire rest of the year. 
including the games he missed. So you get all of those touchdowns that we you know this is a we're looking for touchdowns primarily out of pick two in a non PPR league. Okay, last. What to do with pick number two if you are in a super flex? Now, so the way super flex works, and we love super flex yep. around here. We think this is the preferred way to play if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, um, and maybe even a 14 team league. You can flex a quarterback, a second quarterback in super flex. Mm-hmm. That puts a big priority on the quarterback position. And in this scenario, Josh Allen has gone first overall, not Jonathan Taylor. Now, who are you taking, Scott? It's Justin Herbert. Given given his division and the amount of dome slash canopy games, because mm-hmm. SoFi has a canopy, but they're they're you know protected from the weather. Uh, I feel the Chargers are not just primed to be in several shootouts, but the offense is loaded. Uh, Herbert has you know Allen, Williams, Palmer's coming on, Eckler out of the backfield. Even Everett and Parham are very athletically freakish tight ends. I love Parham. Yeah, oh, I exactly. Hope he develops. Exactly. So um, with thirteen games. On turf and domes, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a lot of potential shootout for, for the Chargers. All right, so Justin Herbert in a super flex at pick yes. two. Uh, Brian, you've got the second pick. Josh Allen's gone. Who are you taking? It's got to be a quarterback, obviously. In my mind, a mobile one. So everyone's saying, oh, Lamar Jackson. Wrong. I'm going Jalen Hurts, second overall in a super flex league. Don't the rushing floor makes him so incredibly safe, gives him massive upside. you got to love the trade for A.J. Brown. Outside of Devontae Smith last year, who was a rookie, these were his wide receivers. Jalen Rieger, Greg Ward, Quez Watkins, Travis Fulgham, John Hightower, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and Deontay Burnett, who combined to drop eight touchdown passes for Jalen Hurts, who, (laughs) by the way, according to Fantasy Pros, has the third third easiest strength of schedule for quarterbacks, arguably the top offensive line in the game. He's going to have a monster year. I think he has a better year than Lamar Jackson did in 2019. Jeez. Put it okay. on wax right now. All right. Um, I've, if I, in a super flex, and Josh Allen is gone, and I've got pick two, I'm going to Jonathan Taylor. Okay. And here's why. Positional differentiator. He's way, way ahead of anybody else at his position. Mm. And when I look even through super flex drafts, on my way back at pick number two, I'm looking at Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, maybe yeah. Russell Wilson falls. I can go Jonathan Taylor, Russell Wilson. Jonathan Taylor, Kirk Cousins. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm ready to go. I've got a massive positional differentiator um, as opposed to going, say, Justin Herbert or Mahomes or Burrow or whoever you might have taken at pick number two with the running back that's left there. That's that's how I would go. That's just me. Uh, when that we, is just you. You guys are you're like. <laughs> when we come back. Three tough questions. I will pepper my co-host with three tough questions. You can play along. Try to go three and oh. If you want to see all of my player rankings, go to guillotineleagues.com. My personal cheat sheet available for free, guillotineleagues.com. You can check out the hottest format in fantasy football while you are there. I'm Paul Charchi and Scott Fish, Brian Johnson, back for three tough questions right after this. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and GuillotineLeagues.com. Brian Johnson, GuillotineLeagues.com. And Scott Fish of the Scott Fish Bowl. Yes. Among yes. other things. Lots of and things. And this show, sure. Fantasy Football Weekly. Mm-hmm. This is a game we call Three Tough Questions. I will pepper my co-hosts with... The uh, previously mentioned three tough questions. Tough question number one. We now know that Deshaun Watson can return as early as week 13. Is he a top 20 fantasy quarterback in redraft leagues? Scott. No. Uh, he finished multiple times as a top six quarterback, like on the season when he when he was playing fall seasons, et cetera. But you're you're missing out on twelve weeks of your fourteen week fantasy season. And when when he comes back, he he gets you know a top a top five D, a bottom D, five D, and then three middle of the pack, but rising defenses. Um, I, I just don't see it. You're you're missing out almost the entire season. And the best ball data bros, like the the people doing data work on best ball, say he is undraftable because of that. And though in that type of style, you get his best weeks. You don't even have to worry about when to yeah. start him or the defenses. You get his best weeks, and they even they say he's undraftable in one quarterback leagues. I, I wouldn't put him in my top twenty at this point. All right, Brian, is Deshaun Watson a top twenty fantasy quarterback in redraft leagues? Yeah, I'm with Scott, and uh, it's a big, <clears throat> big no for me. Um, for those that aren't aware, while he's suspended, he's not practicing with the team. He's sitting at home. On, he's practicing on his own. So when he comes back, he's going to be. I think, and, just, I, and, and I could be wrong, and somebody correct me. I believe now they've updated the suspension rules so that you can like, come back like halfway through your, your suspension. suspension. Yeah, there's, because, there's, there's a, there's a little gap. Yeah, and I, I think the thinking was, and it's actually pretty sound. Is you know these kids get in trouble when they're away from the team. 
So then you suspend them, and they're you're away from the team. Yeah. And the the safest best place for them to not get into trouble again is when they're with the team. So I think that's why they've they've okay. changed the rules. But that may not change your answer. My mistake there. It's not changing my answer. And Scott mentioned he's got a couple decent matchups. He's the the week thirteen one against the Texans looks good on paper. Then in week seventeen he has the Commanders, another good matchup. But in between those, from weeks fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, it's Cincinnati, Baltimore, and New Orleans. Those are all like bottom five pass defenses that you want to face as an opposing quarterback. So uh bottom five that I want to face. That you want to face. So does that a, mean it's I not do, good or does do not, not bode I do well not, for I do not want fantasy to. projections. No. They're so, ones you don't want to don't face. Face. You don't want yes. to face them. Okay. All right. Good secondaries on um, those teams. Or should be. Is Deshaun Watson a top twenty fantasy quarterback in redraft leagues? Absolutely not. You are you've you you guys gave the right answer, but I think not the same rationale that I've got. How good is he going to be two years removed from play? Right. I know, how long is it going to take him to knock that rust off? And the, and what about this, by the way? This Browns roster outside of the quarterback position is really, really good. And the defense is very good. They've got stars all over this defense. they got stars on the offense. Mari Cooper, Nick Chubb, maybe or maybe not Kareem Hunt, one of the great offensive lines in football. What if they roll into week 13? And they're like, you know, they're they're a nine win team. You know, what if they're nine and three? Are they going to ups- automatically upset the apple cart? Oh, that's an. Int- I've never. Uh, heard is that it take an automatic? What if Jacoby Brissett just isn't losing games for a team that's winning other ways? Do they automatically try to work into Sean Watson? Maybe not. And nobody's talking about that possibility. That, I haven't but heard I, that. Yeah, but I think there, I think there's a chance that that ends up being the case. Tough question number two. What is the appropriate level of concern over Matthew Stafford's elbow injury? None, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? We were overdue for one of those. Brian. Uh, there's no way the answer can be none here, but uh, I'm not I'm not pooping my pants over Stafford's elbow just yet. It's just some for me. He hasn't been shut down uh, in preseason. He's been throwing... Uh, a lot in, in scrimmages this week. He's looked good. The Rams will monitor his workload throughout the, throughout the season and the pain, but uh, there's certainly some concern. You don't want a kind of a, a rare injury for a quarterback to be happening to your quarterback, which is Matt Stafford at this point. So your some, answer is some. Some. Okay. Scott, is the appropriate? what is the appropriate level of concern for Matthew Stafford's elbow injury? None, some, or blowed. Okay. So for those who don't know, this elbow injury started around week 10 or so last year. He played through it week 11 on last year, and he averaged 278 yards and 2.4 touchdowns per game with this injury. Um, However, his interceptions and fumbles, he had he had 12 picks and six fumbles in that stretch compared to uh, one, just one fumble and only uh, looks like four picks before that. Mm-hmm. So apparently holding on to the ball became an issue yeah. for him. But uh, as far as uh, just outside of that, it is a little bit concerning that it's still an issue now. They, they've been cautious and easy with him. I think he's just going to have to play through it. But so it's just some because he's got more turnovers with it. It's a full year. He's getting older and he's still dealing with it, but I'm, I'm not just because he played so well with it last year. It can't be blowed. So it's some, it's some, the correct answer for the appropriate level of concern over Matthew Stafford's elbow injury is some.
I don't like rolling into a season with last year's injuries still it's ridiculous. That is crazy. And is it going to get better in October, November, when we're games into this season? Here is the more concerning part of that. He shut it down himself for like months on end after the season until, you know, OTs and stuff came up. He shut him down himself and it's still not good. It's still not good. So many times when players choose a non-surgical route for these things, it doesn't end up fixing the problem. And... If he's going to have a reduced practice load to mitigate this elbow injury, well, I mean, at some point, practice counts, or why are we doing it? I mean, it can't help to not have practice. So there is some level of concern here for the Matthew Stafford elbow injury. That is crazy, though. Uh, Six turnovers before the injury and uh, 18 after the injury. Yeah, in in, In in a shorter time frame. About the game or two shorter. Yeah, if you come playoffs, I suppose. Tough question number three. What's the appropriate level of concern for Antonio Gibson? None, <laughs> some, or a bowel loosening level of existential dread? Scott. I am convinced you put this one in just so we would have a blowed player finally. <laughs> <laughs> Our first blowed of the year. Because this this is full out <laughs> bowel lo- loosening level of extension dread. In fact, I made a trade this week with the Gibson owner just because he was so, you know, bowel loosened, I guess. So you the... brought on Gibson? You took him? No, 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 you no. Trade him away? I traded a running back to him because he was so afraid oh, of Gibson. Okay. All right. Which y'all should do out there because the drumbeat for Brian Robinson has become really hard to ignore. And we know what McKissick is in this offense. He takes all the passing work. And they went out and stole him back from Buffalo when he was going to go to Buffalo because mm-hmm. they must have told him, we got a role for you in this offense to bring him back. Um, we, we've mentioned how he's he's uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson, is practicing with a punt team and special teams and third stringers. Yeah, I feel like he's still going to have a role in this offense, but he is not going to be the 10-plus touchdown guy we've seen for two years with a ton of touches. Brian. Blowed. What is the appropriate level of concern for Antonio Gibson? Are you in full-blown blowed? This is the most blowed I've ever... Yeah, in my entire life, the, uh, Antonio Gibson, you got to be Mount Rushmore of blow. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Uh, he's been fumbling all preseason in practice in the, the first preseason game. He led running backs and lost fumbles last year in the regular season. As Scott said, he's running with the reserves. He's returning kicks. I heard he might even be parking cars <laughs> at training camp. Yeah, I haven't seen an ADP like this tumble over month over month uh, in the long, long time. He's gone from like a third round pick. Now he's going, I've seen him go in the ninth round. Wow. I've been seeing him sixth and seventh this last week. He's going even later recently because people, everyone's blowed. Where do you It's a blowed fest. Would it be, would it be Mount Bloedmore? Mount Bloedmore. I like it. I mean, the the Washington blowed you meant? I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of national parks and, you know, monuments that we can go with here, right? You're, You're a video game guy, of course. Remember Load Runner? Load runner, the load, load runner, the load, yeah. load runner. How do you know load runner? That's I played load runner. Here's yeah, the, I was born in 1981. I, I wish I was. I wish I didn't know what load runner is. Trust me. We'll, we'll just throw all these players in Blowed Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Blowed about Antonio Gibson's appropriate level of concern. He did not get better as expected last year. We all, you know, we we had a really nice rookie season. We thought he'd expand on that last season. Yeah. Didn't happen. He was already yielding the receptions to. J.D. McKissick. Mm -hmm. Now it looks like he's going to yield at least goal lines to Brian Robinson. And maybe more. And maybe more. 
And then there's the big clincher. And this is what you really have to look for. It's the fumbling. Yeah, The terrible. six lost fumbles last year lost a fumble in the preseason yep. game, the first preseason game. Listen, the fumbling will put him on the bench. That's You have to keep an eye out for more fumbling in even practices in the preseason games because that could be the thing that pounds nails into Antonio Gibson's proverbial coffin. And none of us mentioned this is going to be a bad team. Especially offensively. I mean, we were talking about Sam Howell might yeah. start Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback. It's uh, it's happens. not going to be a very run friendly offense. Is, is this going to be? Is Washington going to be the team that scores the fewest points in the NFL? One of yeah, they'll be right there. And why not go? Yes, I mean, yes. The, I, mean the, I think yes. it's the Bears. I, I think it's the, the Bears and the Command. Quickly the checking the betting head. odds on yeah. this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be the Texans because we love the Texans on Davis show. Mills. We like the Falcons too. Oh, love, love, to, uh, loves a little strong on the Falcons. I said like. I didn't okay. say love. Right. He okay. might have said love. All right, good. I like the Falcons. When we come back, it's time for the favorite segment that we do all preseason. It's the reach around. 10 rounds of players we would reach a full round ahead to get. Who is the player in the second round we would take in the first round? The player in the 10th round we play take in the ninth round. Stay tuned for the reach around when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. 
Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish. Brian Johnson with you. This is a segment we call the reach around. We're going to give you 10 rounds of players that we would reach a round early to select. For example, coming up first is players who on average go in the second round, but we would select in the first round. So these are all players we would select one round early. It's the second round. Who would you? What second rounder would you take in the first round, Scott? Yeah, I'm going with Saquon Barkley, and but by the time this, by the time you you listen to this, or if you're listening to it right now, he might already be in the first round at this point. It's ridiculous. Moving up, he is moving up. Uh, I'm still seeing him in the second round, though. End of the second, all the drafts I did, or beginning of the second, all the drafts I did this week. Uh, his ankle injury last year, a little fluky, as we've mentioned, had him in the 60 yards per week range. But he's going to get all the volume in the world, being fully fully healthy, and in his final year of his contract. We've talked about all it. Right. Saquon Barkley yeah. is your first reach-around player. Uh, Brian, I presume you have the same guy? For the sake of the show, I went different, but I'm okay. certainly on board with uh, Barkley yes. in the first. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I, I'm also on board with taking Alvin Kamara uh, in the first round now. It's not definitive that he's not going to miss any time mm-hmm. this season, but it sure looks like he won't face any sort of suspension uh, until possibly next year. Very slim chances it happens this year. And Kamara, just an absolute beast uh, since his rookie year in 2017, has the most to- total touchdowns in the NFL. And he's fully healthy. Uh, he could easily lead the league in total touchdowns this season. So I said it before, RB4 for me right now. So that's a first-round pick. My reach-around player, uh, that it's from the second round, I would take in the first round, I have in several drafts. Dallas wide receiver yeah. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, Amari Cooper is gone. Michael Gallup's recovering from an ACL. Jalen Tobert's a rookie. James Washington's out for two months with a fractured foot. Mm-hmm. There's basically nobody left to catch a pass outside of him and Dalton Schultz. Lamb can lead the league in targets. We alluded to this earlier in the show. We Brian and I think he could get 160 targets. I mean, you know, it's it's very giant awesome. numbers. Yes. Uh, quality passer in Dak Prescott, who I think it's even better this year, you know, a year removed from uh, the ankle injury. And also this, CeeDee Lamb's really good. And at some point, that counts for a lot, too. I want my first rounder to be a really good player. CeeDee Lamb counts there for couldn't, sure. Couldn't help it, didn't, but notice you didn't mention Simi Fehoko. <laughs> I did not, as a matter of fact, and I'm not going to. Okay. Okay, let's uh, let's now go to the third round. Which third rounder would you take in the second rounder? And to mix up the order a little bit, let's start with Brian. It's my boy Kyle Pitts, who last week Matt said he hated. He loved the player but hated the third round ADP on Kyle Pitts. So you're this going is the most the preposterous opposite. statement yeah. I've ever heard in my entire I've taken life. Him in the second, and I so. apologize to anyone who listened to that because it was just <laughs> – <laughs> I'm beyond words. So I mean, I'm going to move on. You don't have I'm to. taking Kyle Pitts in, in the second round, and I'll be happy to do so. One of three tight ends to top 1,000 yards last season. By the way, he's a tight end, but he plays wide receiver. He is an elite wide receiver who is eligible at tight end. An absolute cheat code. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, the only other two tight ends to top 1,000 yards. Pitts averaged more than 15 yards per reception last year. That was more Two yards more than both Kelsey and Andrews. Uh, he had 33 contested catches last year, first among all tight ends. Virtually unstoppable if you use him correctly, which he was not used correctly last year. Saw piss-poor targets from Matt Ryan. That's the only reason he had one touchdown. It was totally fluky. I don't want to hear about the one touchdown anymore. That does not matter It does not work with forward. your narrative whatsoever. Sure it does. I'm not talking. I'm not <laughs> drafting. Drafting this year and last year he still paid off at his ADP. By the way, even if you reach around on him and uh, Delaney Walker. 
had great success with Marcus Mariota when Mariota was starting uh, for the Tennessee Titans in 2015-2016, leaned on his wow. tight end okay. slash wide receiver hybrid, which Kyle Pitts is. Kyle Pitts in the second round. I'm fine with it. All right. Scott. <laughs> I am going with your third round player you would take in the second round. I am going with Travis Etienne, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm chalking up last year's offense to Urban Meyer, and I'm walking away from it. Yeah, you're not alone. (laughs) Honestly, it has to be better. I watched every game. We've talked about it on this show, me and you, Charge. We watched a lot. Trevor Lawrence was not accurate, but Mm -hmm. I got to convince myself that that was bad preparation due to a bad coaching staff. All that stuff was in his head. Um, this year, he's got his safety valve from college back in ETN, who has looked mostly great in camp. Um, Travis Etienne, I think, has top 10 running back in his range of outcomes in PPR this that, year. That's not the only time we're going to drag Urban Meyer. <laughs> that's going to be a reoccurring theme, I think, for a while here. Uh, my reach-round player in the third round that I would take in the second round is Indianapolis wide receiver Michael Pittman. There aren't many workhorse wide receivers, but this is one of them. Pittman's competition for targets are Paris Campbell, rookie Alec Pierce, and tight end Mo Alley-Cox. The Colts didn't make a move at wide receiver in free agency because they believe they've got their future star, wide receiver Michael Pittman. Defenses have to respect the run. That's going to open up some downfield opportunities for Pittman. And Pittman posts an 1,100-yard season under Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan prevents uh, presents significant upside for Michael Pittman. And as a reminder, by the way, I mean, Pittman, uh, Pittman was on pace for a phenomenal year last year until Wentz caught up with him through week nine of last year. Here was Michael Pittman's average game, eight targets, six catches, 73 yards and 0.6 touchdowns per game. He would have finished as a top 12 wide receiver. Had that continued without before he got Wentz into the ground in the second half of last year, Michael Pittman. All right, let's go to round number four. Scott, who is the fourth rounder you would take in the third rounder of the reach around? Yeah, this is going to be Allen Robinson. I've talked about this on the other show. I, I feel like we've gone over this a lot. Robert Woods was wide receiver 13 when healthy. OBJ was wide receiver 12 when he got there through the end of the season. I feel like Robinson just didn't want to play in in Chicago. It sounds like he's renewed. He's looking good. I want the I want the wide receiver two in that offense. And Al Robinson going in the fourth with top twelve or you know, upside to be the twelfth wide receiver, the thirteenth wide receiver like those guys were. Man, I'm taking that all day at that point. All right, Brian, who is your fourth round receiver you would take in the third round? Yeah, I love A Rob, but I'll give a different answer. And I'm gonna go Ezekiel Elliott, um, who people forgotten this. He looked very good early on last year. In week one, it was a rough outing. He finished as RB forty five, but he was facing the Bucks, who had the best yeah, run defense in the NFL. Yeah. Then in week two through week six, he was RB7, RB1, RB6, RB7, and RB15 in week six when he when he got hurt. And he played through these injuries, lingering knee and ankle issues. Uh, he was still averaging 5.1 yards per carry. And it, it went beyond Zeke, too. The O-line had a ton of issues, whether yeah. it was suspension yeah. or injury. Those should all be shored up right now. And uh, off-season reports have been positive for Zeke. And, again, they're positive for everybody. But uh, I think Zeke does bounce back big time. And I think we'll see him – we'll see Tony Pollard on the field a ton. But uh, Zeke will be active in the passing game as well with their, their lack of pass-catching options in Dallas. So I'll, I'd reach for Zeke in the third. My reach-around player in the fourth that I would take in the third is Pittsburgh wide receiver Deontay Johnson. All about consistency. Uh, he had the NFL's second most targets last year, 10 per game. And even if that drops some, George Pickens looks really good. Yeah. Even if that drops some, he's still sitting on a big, big usage season. In ESPN scoring, 
Johnson had no games under 10 fantasy points last year. Yeah. None. C- can I make an argument that doesn't get thrown out a lot there? Yeah, please. Maybe his A dot and he did so much short stuff is because Ben couldn't throw it that far. Mm. Maybe that goes up. Yeah, that could be. Give him the yeah, same volume yeah. with, with a larger A dot. That'd yeah. be nice. Oh, boy. We'd like to see a little more downfield passing. Um, yeah, the Steelers quarterback situation is not great, but sad Trombonski can, in fact, throw the ball. A few more yards downfield oh boy. than what we were getting out of the undead course. That was of happy trombones. Well, that's because we're happy yes. right now about the prospects of Deontay Johnson. All right, let's go to the fifth round. Who is the fifth rounder you would take in the fourth round of our reach around? Brian. Uh, I like Houston's Brandon Cooks here, who uh, had more top 24 wide receiver finishes last year than Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, Not combined, but as standalone players. Uh, Cooks finished 14th among wide receivers in targets per game at 8.4, and that was with Tarod Taylor and rookie Davis Mills. And we love Davis Mills here. think he takes a big leap Mm -hmm. in his second year. And speaking of uh, games with Davis Mills, Cooks only played in nine full games with Mills last year, but he averaged 16-plus PPR points per game in those uh, nine games, and that would made him wide receiver 12 across a full season. So I think there's a lot of safety with Brandon Cooks, there and he is. offers a, a lot of upside, too, in what should be a much-improved offense. Davis Mills believer right here. I'm one. Me too. Yep, yeah, we got three in this room. All right, three, Ma- th- yeah. three Match- for three. On General Davis Mills. Mills believers. Yep. Matching tattoos after the show. Uh, yeah. Wait, depends did, on where. You didn't okay. get depends one on when we were going to do that last <laughs> I'm running, yes. running out of space on my back. I get a lot of back tattoos, <laughs> but uh, I can find some room for Davis Mills. All tramp stamp for you. All, <laughs> yeah, all tra- right. Everything in that area. Uh, all right, let's, Scott, what is your, who is your fifth round player you would take in the fourth round? You know, this one had a couple guys I liked, and, and talking with you in the break, like, I. I got to go back to my boy. I got to go back to my boy, Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just have to. I, I love that guy. I know that his big uh, his big breakout came with, you know, Swift and, and uh, Hawkinson injured at points. But just last year, he was one of my sleepers in the preseason because he would stay go early practice. He'd come late, to pr- stay late to practice, catching hundreds of balls from the jug machine. 202, He's, to be exact. He is exactly. ridiculously <laughs> focused. I think that that, that outbreak became, was, happened because of the natural progression of his rookie year and the trust in Goff, Goff has said that he is his guy. I think he's going to do it again this year. I want him on my team again. At this time last year, J.K. Dobbins was going in the second round of drafts. Yeah, he he really shot up. He was coming off of a six-yard-per-carry rookie season in which he shared time with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and still finished as a top 15 fantasy running back in the second half of his rookie year. And as a quick reminder on J.K. Dobbins' rookie year, the final game of his rookie season, which is also, by the way, his most recent game, 160 yards and two touchdowns for J.K. Dobbins. Now, prior to his, uh, like, like I mentioned before, prior to the, the injury last year, second-round draft equity, RB10, um, since Greg Roman took over as Baltimore's offensive coordinator, Baltimore ranks number one in rushing plays. And yes, Lamar Jackson accounts for some of that, but this is still a deeply run heavy team. Dobbins is trending towards being available in week one, but you figure, you know, we're not talking about a guillotine league where I got a sweat getting knocked right. out of the league right. in week one. Right. And for most regular, most regular leagues, okay, maybe it takes him, maybe he's eight touches in week one. Maybe right. he's 12 touches in week two. Maybe he's 14 touches in week three. And now I got JK Dobbins at full speed for the rest of the year. Sure. 
All right, let's do one more round, and then we'll uh, we'll take a, our fir- we'll take a break from our reach arounds. Who is the round six player you would take in round number five, Scott? I hate doing this, but I just wanted to talk about him. And actually, Brian stole the thunder. I was going to talk about him earlier. Jalen Hurts. I hate taking quarterbacks this early. I love getting guys like Cousins and Carr and stuff in the double-digit rounds. But Jalen Hurts has every possible shot at being the overall number one quarterback this year. His rushing already makes him a top QB. In 20 career full games, he's finished as a top 12 quarterback 17 times. That's ridiculous. That's what that. Now he adds... A.J. Brown, he gets Devonta Smith on a second year now that he knows the off. He's got one of the better, one of the best off the top, probably a top five O-line in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And my stats said the second easiest schedule against quarterbacks. Your, or third, second, you said third easiest. I'll take you. I like Either way, better. a top three easiest schedule against quarterbacks. He could easily be QB1 and you're getting him in the fifth or sixth round. Fifth for, round for the reach around. For the gambling crowd, a yeah, great bet for MVP. I, I loved hearing you drop that earlier. I'm like, oh man, that's what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Brian, who is your sixth rounder? You would take in the fifth round. I, I should just kick this to you when I say Adam Thielen because this is yes. right up your alley. Yes. But uh, I'm, I would reach for Adam Thielen in the fifth. Uh, yes, he's 32. That's pretty old in football terms, but he's healthy now. He should have enough gas in the tank for at least one more season at an elite level. Long story short, 24 touchdowns over his last 28 games. If he's playing. He's likely going to score. And those touchdowns came in Mike Zimmer's archaic run-first scheme. Now he's in this pass-happy, pass-first offense under Kevin O'Connell. So I'd reach for Adam Thielen. I'm with you on Adam Thielen. I think he's the right pick here. Thielen has dozen touchdowns sitting in him if he plays the full season. I think he does play the full season this year. Well, you hope he plays the full season. We can't know. No player has a higher conversion rate into touchdowns on passes that started inside the 10-yard line, plays that started inside the 10-yard line over the last two years than Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins trusts him implicitly with these money throws into the end zone. Cousins, by the way, sneaky player too. But Adam (laughs) Thielen is a fantastic reach around around in round six to round five. When we come back, we'll give you the rest of our Reach Around Players Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi, guillotineleagues.com. You can join private leagues with your friends, guillotineleagues.com. You can play with up to 18 friends and family or as small of a number of eight. And if you play with eight or nine in a guillotine league, you can actually play two back-to-back seasons of guillotine league fun in one in one season. Tons of fun that way. You can certainly do you can certainly do that if you'd like as well. Private leagues, public leagues, high stake leagues, everything you need, and zombie leagues at guillotineleague.com. Zombie yeah. mode. Full description of what zombie mode is at the site. Go check it out. Yes, it's, it's a very an exciting variation on guillotine twist. leagues as well. Uh, that's the voice of Brian Johnson, Scott Fish, with you as well. We are going through the second half of our reach around. This is where we identify a player that we would. Hey, we'd take a round before they normally go. I believe we left off on, I think Brian goes first, but I could be wrong. Let's go with Brian. Yep. All right. Sure Who is right. round seven? Who would you take in a round seven player you would take in round six? Um, I'm going with another Jaguar. Scott had one earlier. And, uh, no, it's not Dan Arnold. Uh, it's a little too oh, soon shocking. for Dan Arnold. Uh, it's Christian Kirk, though. Um, last season, Jacksonville wide receivers as, as a unit were top 12 in catches in the league. And that was with a rookie quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who was getting coached by the aforementioned biggest Nimrod in NFL history, <laughs> Urban Meyer. So yeah. things are only looking up for Jacksonville. And Kirk is the clear-cut wide receiver one there. They paid him that kind of money. They're going to put the ball in his hands as much as possible. Um, I'll gladly take the team's top target at this stage of the draft, uh, even if I'm reaching around uh, Christian Kirk. Okay, Christian Kirk. Um Scott, your round seven, reach around into round six. Yeah, I'm going with Alan Lazard. Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has anointed him the wide receiver one on the team. Uh, future Hall of Famer is what I hear. Correct. Uh, has the Rodgers has a real history of trusting the guys he's played with for years, and he's got a couple of new incomers and uh, rookies uh, that'll be playing in that starting lineup. He's going to trust Alan Lazard more than people think. And Lazard has looked good in the spots that he's had as a part-time starter uh full complimented targets I, I like him here i also have Lyle lazard and let me pose this if aaron Rodgers is going to throw 30 32 34 touchdowns which seems probable for aaron Rodgers, given his track record regardless of who he's had over the course of his career right. this would be these are lowered these are for sure lower numbers for him 30 32 34 
How does Alan Lazard not hit eight, eight. ten yeah, touchdowns? I was just going to say, how is that even possible? Thirty plus touchdowns right? is almost an eight minimum for Lazard. It is. It it's like. an eight minimum for Alan Lazard. Yeah. And here you can go get him in the. Uh, we would take him sixth round, one round ahead of his normal draft spot. All right, let's go to round eight. Who would you take? What eighth rounder would you take in the seventh round? Back to Scott. Oh, wow. Switching up the order. Well, yeah, that's uh, we can go back and forth. I know. It's fun. This one is very clear for me because I'm taking him in the fifth and sixth round. Okay. Because I don't care. Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, the the P- Patriots constantly run the ball near the stripe, and their run blocking is top-notch with 28 runs last year of 15-plus yards. He's every bit the bruiser Harris is, but now he's getting lots of – like, he's basically taking on the James White pass-catching role in camp. And – Everybody is saying, everybody there says his pass blocking has improved. I think that's kind of an overrated thing because running backs pass block like 20% of the time at most. But those factors, everything, every drum beat is good for Stevenson going forward and one injury, and he's RB1, A RB1. Brian, who is the eighth rounder you would take in the seventh round? Uh, I think it's worth uh, reaching a round on Dallas Goddard here. Uh, only saw 76 targets in 2021, but Zach Ertz was. On Philly for half the season, Goddard was banged up, played injured, missed a couple games. I think there's a major uptick in volume for Goddard in 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 an offense we've spoke very highly of in Philadelphia right now. And all the metrics are there for a breakout for Goddard. Last year, he averaged 2.2 targets per, I'm sorry, 2.2 points per target in PPR leagues. He was second in yards per reception among tight ends at 15 yards, first in yards per route run, led all tight ends and completed air yards per target. Love Dallas Goddard this year. I also have Ramondre Stevenson as my reach-around player from round eight to round seven. You know, the one thing you didn't, and Scott, you covered most of the bases here. There's a lot of rumors that Damian Harris could, could get be traded, traded yeah. off the team entirely. Now, moving running backs isn't easy because most teams don't value them very highly and you don't get much return. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that's going to happen. But if this team's willing to trade Damian Harris, maybe Ramondre Stevenson already is the number one running back there. Yeah, And they just haven't made, you know, Bill Belichick's never going to tell you until, you know, you find out on week one. There's a chance that that's already happened, and it's just not reflected on the unofficial depth chart. We now go to round nine. Who is the round nine player you would take in round eight, Brian? Uh, I'm reaching for Robert Woods here. I know he's coming off the the knee injury, but he looks great in, in camp from what I've seen. He looks fully healthy to me, and I am an internet doctor, just like the rest of us uh, on Twitter and whatnot. But uh, clear chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we've already mentioned Traylon Burks struggling big time. So who's his prime competitor for targets? The other rookie, Kyle Phillips. Uh, Woods was getting drafted before Cooper Cup last year. I know yeah. he was on the Rams, and a lot has changed since then. He's now on the Titans, a different quarterback. But uh, Woods, one of the best route runners in the game still, and I think he's the uh, clear-cut top target for the Titans, and I think he'll be ready to go week one. He said he's watching t- game tape already for his matchup against the Giants. Could turn out to be a great value, just like uh, his old teammate Cooper Cup was last year. All right, Scott, who is the round nine player you would take in round eight? I would like to take Damian Pierce running back for the Houston, Texas, but I will – I will yield my Defer time. that love to I me. will yield oh, my time. Oh, you're just being lazy. To the honorable yeah. Paul Chartier. <laughs> yeah, well, we've already talked about Damian Pierce once in this show, which actually, to be at this late stage of the show, and have only mentioned Damian Pierce one other time, <laughs> right. it really is a, a it measure re- of my personal restraint. It really harkens back to the Zach Moss here. 
you shut up <laughs> about that because I'm going to be way more right about. Well, Amy you want to go Davis. back to the Monty Ball year? But I remember. Here, that here's one. the thing: I wasn't in on Moss. I am 100% in on Pierce. Here. Well, good. I'm glad to yeah. have. I'm glad to have you on Team Pierce. No chance that Pierce's ADP stays this low as he has now moved. I he's, took him in the sixth. Uh, and popping two right. If that's you're going to have to. You're going to have to move way even beyond round eight. I think at this point because he's surging up draft boards. Damian Pierce, you're starting running back, getting first-team reps on an improving Houston offense that is going to, at a bare minimum, give him goal-line looks, but I think he's going to get a lot more than that. And what people don't realize about Pierce, he can catch. This kid's probably (laughs) sitting on 30, 40 receptions that it's going to chip in and give him, going to negate some some of the bad Houston Texans games. That I think he's I think he's gonna ultimately be very safe. And I'm going to work Damian Pierce as right now a flex style running back, but I'm starting to talk myself into making him like an RB two, a guy that I can feel comfortable taking uh starting most weeks. Let's go to round number ten. Who are you taking? What round ten player are you taking that you could take in round nine i think we're on scott for this one sure i was a little surprised to see kirk cousins on this list as a possible option because i try to get him everywhere i my bold call earlier in this offseason was that he would have a top five quarterback season he's routinely around 10 but he's going five instead i'm gonna give you someone else oh all uh, right I, you kind of just gave us kirk cousins okay i'll, I'll give you kirk cousins and i okay. was gonna say Jalen Tolbert, we've talked about how there's a lot of injuries and stuff going on uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Jaylen, in your CD Lamb talk about him getting yeah. a ton of work, Jalen Tolbert is a beast, a big, strong, fast beast that also has looked good in camp, and he's probably going to be the de facto number two to start the season. I'm not sure he's going to relinquish it. All right. Uh, Brian, who is the 10th rounder you're taking in round nine? Yeah, I got I got Tolbert too, and it's really it's all about opportunity. He looks like the clear cut uh, wide receiver too. Of course, CD Lamb is the, the top wide receiver. Dallas Goddard, um, I'm sorry, not Dallas Goddard. Dalton Schultz going to command a lot of targets in that offense, but uh, Tolbert looks really good. He, he's very well polished, and he's kind of got that small school stigma out of South Alabama. Um, I think that's why he kind of fell. He didn't fall far in the draft. He was a third round pick by Dallas. Went before guys like David Bell, Danny Gray. We were talking about, but it's really about opportunity. I think you'll see. 100 targets uh, if he stays healthy. Uh, I love Kirk Cousins in in round. Uh, this would be round nine for some yeah. of the reasons you already touched on. If we think he's got two top 20 wide receivers and maybe the number one wide receiver, yeah. um, I don't see how what's not to like about having Kirk Cousins yeah. with, you know, plus, you know, it feels like high 30s for a touch. If he was 33 last year in a Stone Age offense, yeah. you feel like Kirk Cousins could be closer to 40 yep. touchdowns this year. But let me mention one the, the another guy. Since we're all apparently we're mentioning two in there. Yeah, we're going to mention Cousins. Uh, How about Zach Ertz? Sure. Right? You've slept that tight end position. Zach Ertz, to me, by ADP, is this is the last safe, reliable tight end you can get. Last year, from the point of his trade to Arizona forward, he was tight end five. Five. And here we are. We're round nine. I can go get a reliable tight end in round nine. That's a gift. Because everybody after this has got major question marks. Let's move to round 11 of our reach around. Who's the 11th rounder you would take in the 10th round, Brian? Uh, you know, I love tight end talk. So if I miss out on Kyle Pitts in the second round, if I get sniped there or Dallas Goddard in the seventh, I forget what I yeah. said. But uh, I, I like Cole Komet a lot. We don't we, we don't like the I Bears do a really ton uh, overall as a team. But I think he should be the top or the second target behind uh, Darnell Mooney mm-hmm. in that offense. Zero touchdowns for Komet last year. That 
Doesn't matter to me. Like I said, like the one touchdown for Kyle Pitts. I do not care about last year. That just I'm means you forward. get him at a better value. This get him year. at a better value. Last year, he was still one of only nine tight ends with at least 60 catches and, and 600 yards. The corpse of Jimmy Graham was stealing opportunities from Komet last year as well. Graham, he gone. So uh, I like Cole Komet at this point. I think he has top 10 tight end potential. Potential. Excuse me. Scott, who is the 11th round player you would take in the 10th round of our reach around? Yeah, I love Komet. I, I, that's a great pick. Um, this one feels very chalkish, actually, in George Pickens. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago he's getting reps on the outside with Clay Poole playing big slot. We saw his touchdown from the outside in, in the preseason game. Yeah. He's just making highlight catch after highlight catch, which he did before his injury in college as well. Um, it, even though he's going right right at the right at the start of the double digit rounds, I think he's got every opportunity to be an 800 plus six to touchdown six to ten touchdown guy. In fact, 806 feels like his floor to me mm-hmm. as a starting wide receiver in that offense. Um, the the only reason he dropped is because off the field injury issues, maturity concerns, previous injury. Otherwise, he should be right up there with all the other stud rookie wide receivers in this class. My 11th round player I would take in the 10th round is Chargers wide receiver Josh Palmer. And he was my sleeper last week yeah, in our episode, I, but yeah. I just, I have, I, I feel compelled to talk about him again. Not everybody was listening last week, although you should. And we encourage you to go back to the podcast and, and re listen. Mm-hmm. Josh Palmer getting first team reps in all, all off season and now into training camp. Um, he is clearly outpaced any contenders for the Chargers third receiver job, which will put him on the field a lot. As a rookie last year, Josh Palmer was pretty quiet until December, and then he exploded. The snap count effectively tripled, and all of his output effectively tripled. Now as a sophomore, Josh Palmer's going to be better. He's going to get regular playing time, and he's got a great quarterback throwing to him and a high-powered offense. I love Josh Palmer Mm -hmm. as one of my favorite sleepers overall, and he's a player I would take in the 10th round instead of the 11th round. All right, let's move to our sleepers of the week. We always do that final segment of every show. Uh, Brian, I'm going to begin with you for your sleeper for this week. I like uh, Indy's Alec Pierce, uh, rookie wide receiver. Uh, Looks to be the uh, wide receiver, too, as of right now, alongside Michael Pittman. Paris Campbell, a threat to uh, take that role, but Paris Campbell has had a little trouble staying on the field throughout his career, and uh, rave reviews coming from Pierce out of camp, uh, Matt Ryan loves him, and he's a beast, too. 6'3", huge wingspan, 40-plus-inch vertical. And uh, it's not like he's been shredding second-string, third-string cornerbacks in practice. He's been beating on the regular Stefan Gilmore, who's an all-pro yeah, cornerback. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the, there's a ton of potential here for Alec Pierce and what should be a much-improved offense. He's going to see single coverage all day, every day. And, uh, yeah, he's going to see man. plenty of run, and uh, I like I, Alex. Just thinking about it, the Colts have a tight, man, between Mo Alley-Cox and Jelani Woods mm-hmm. and uh, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman. Like, th- their arms stretched oh. together could go the whole football field almost. Yeah, these it's are a, big bodies. a lot guys. of wingspans. Yeah, a lot of wingspan. I just drafted Alec Pierce in a, in a dynasty league, uh, mm-hmm. second round, and um, Empire League, and I, I went back and just watched through his, his college tape again sure. to just make, you know, get really comfortable with Alec Pierce. Man, that's a pretty compelling tape. Let me tell you. Contested catches, running from the slot, running outside. Uh, good, good vision and angles after the catch. Big-bodied guy. Alec Pierce, very, very tempting. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take him to emerge, but here's what I do know is 
as much as we love Michael Pittman and talked about him being a workhorse wide receiver, mm-hmm. he can't catch every pass. Right. And the most, I think the second most likely target to end up with any with passes is probably Paris Campbell. You know, oh, I love, I know I feel about Paris Campbell. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I threw that in there. All right. Uh, Scott, who is your sleeper this week? So I, I wanted to go with George Pickens, but I feel like we've talked about him a bunch, and people are starting to catch yeah. on. Oh, not so, starting to. I think yeah, he's one yeah. of the biggest stories of the offseason. Yes. And so I'm going to go way, way deeper, uh, back to my deeper roots in deeper deeper leagues, dynasty leagues, last pick of your draft. I'm going with Jalen Warren, 5'8", 215-pound kind of bowling ballish, but he can catch. He had 25 catches in his senior, in his uh, junior season, I suppose, his final season of college. He has completely supplanted, according to multiple reports, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland as the primary backup behind Najee Harris, who does take everything, so he's probably not going to get you like any kind of flex play. But if Najee goes down, here's, here's the other thing. Yes, Brian, you want to say, okay. No, sorry, I was, was going to say Najee, you know, never came off the field. And I'm sorry if you're going to say this, but they want him to not be on the field as much right. this year. So the right. backup running back guaranteed to get touches. And right. you're probably going to say that, and I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay, I actually good. wasn't going to bring that up. But the last thing I was going to mention is not only is he supplanted and made the second round, he got work with the ones this last week. That's how much they're starting wow. to believe in him there. Wow, that says a lot. Yep. So you know, if you want that you last want that roster handcuff, there you go. Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Um, my sleeper this week is Buffalo wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie. Yes. It's not. A, they haven't made it official, but McKenzie's won the slot receiving role for the Bills. It, it's it's over, and that means James they, they haven't notarized it. But we yeah, know. right, exactly. They don't have they don't have officially sealed yet. <laughs> um, he's always been a special teams nightmare for opposing teams, and now he's going to get his first crack at regular offensive usage. And we saw a glimpse of special output from Isaiah McKenzie. A very yeah. Uh, last year, Cole Beasley missed Week 16 of last year. That was the one game Beasley missed. McKenzie took 67 snaps, 11 catches, 125 yards, and a score. And despite all the drama around Cole Beasley last year, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he or rather Cole Beasley was a spot starter with double-digit fantasy points in half his games. And I think Isaiah McKenzie's got way more upside than Cole Beasley did, so I think he can be a spot starter for your fantasy team too. Freakish speed and athleticism. I think McKenzie could be sitting on a very nice year. The player I almost mentioned here. Baltimore tight end Isaiah Likely. Yeah, you like weren't him. here the week I talked to him. But I liked I him think. coming out of college. Yep. I'm keeping I'm telling you, keep an eye on this guy. Drafts. He's gonna be a wide receiver in name only there and gonna get some receiver yeah. reps. Uh please check out guillotineleagues.com. My cheat sheet available for free and the freshest, funnest new way to play fantasy football. We'll be back next week for more fantasy football weekly. Thanks, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.